0: Tonight is study number twenty nine of Genesis chapter eight. And we're looking at the last verse verse twenty two. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Now we saw in our last study that this does have um, a practical application that lets us know that the world will continue in It's usual course with time, 24-hour days, the typical month period, the typical year period. The seasons will turn as they have throughout time all the way until the very end of the world. And that's helpful because we know that Judgment Day, which began on May 21, 2011... And the biblical language that speaks of the darkening of the sun, moon, and stars over a period of days, that uh, it cannot be a literal occurrence of the literal sun, moon, and stars. It, it cannot possibly be happening to them. It has to be a spiritual reference to what the sun, moon, and stars represent. And, and so that's helpful. Now, when we turn to this verse... And we look at it spiritually, Genesis eight verse 22. Some have um, seen the wording of seed time and harvest, for example, and they recognize seed time as uh, having spiritual meaning in the Bible and also harvest. And so they have put forth that because Genesis 8:22, tells us that seed time and harvest will not cease until the end of the world. That is, the world will continue to operate as normal and all the way to the end there will be spiritual seed time and harvest. They then say that means we continue to bring the gospel and sow the seed of the gospel All the way until the end of the world. We don't stop, in other words, until Christ literally, physically destroys the earth. It's the very end of the world. It's the last day. And they say this based on this verse. Because, uh, really, there's nothing else to base it on. When we search the Bible, we find overwhelming evidence for a spiritual judgment for God's people to be left on the earth throughout a period of time. And that time is a time of spiritual darkness where just again and again and again God speaks of putting out the light of the gospel, of ending his salvation program. That's what the darkened sun, the moon not giving her light means. It's what the light of the candle no longer shining means. And, we could just provide a long list of Bible verses that point to an end of salvation, which comes in a period of darkness after the tribulation. So, uh, to offset this enormous amount of scripture, people have gone pretty much primarily to this verse, and they've said, well, you see, it can't be, because seed time and harvest must continue all the way until the end. It will not cease. And so you can't cease sharing the gospel or evangelizing the earth, sowing the seed with the hope and expectation God will save someone. That's how the gospel has been sown traditionally throughout the church age, even in the latter rain period. we, We go around with the word of God, we spread it, And it falls upon the hearts of men. And then we pray and hope and wait for the Lord to bless it to save people. And some he would and most he would not. But at least we had that hope. Yet that is not the case with the time after the tribulation. It's no longer a time of sowing seed. It's it's judgment day. And Judgment Day goes hand-in-hand with harvest, with reaping what has been sown. Well, why does it say then? Why does it pair up these things? time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. And there's four pairs. Eight things are mentioned, but four pairs of things, four pointing to universality of what's in view. And in this case... What's being said applies to the whole world. It also applies to all time. So it's a universal aspect that affects all people at all time. This will be the case all through history until the end of the world. Well, when we go to Matthew 13, and in Matthew 13 we read a lot about sowing seed and harvest. For instance, in Matthew 13, verse 3, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up, some fell upon stony places, and so forth. And then in the explanation that Jesus gives of the parable, beginning in verse 18, it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside, but he that receives the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So we we see that the sowing of the seed does indeed have to do with the sharing, the spreading of the word of God into the world that falls upon the hearts of men. Some seed takes no root and and so forth. But here and there, some seed falls on good ground and produces fruit. So we see that. Uh, We also have in the same chapter of Matthew 13 that there's another parable of the wheat and the tares. In verse 24, it says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. And again, seed is being sown, and we know that relates to the sharing of the gospel upon the hearts of men. Then it says in verse 25, but while men slept, his enemy came, and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came, and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy Hath done this? The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, when we look at the spiritual meaning of this parable of the wheat and the tares, we know that the sowing of seed, where the good seed sowed by Christ took place over the course of 1955 years during the church age. And we also know that the enemy, Satan, sowed his tares among the wheat during the identical period of time, 1955 years of the church age. And the important thing in this parable concerning our understanding of Genesis 8, verse 22, seed time and harvest, joined together as a pair, is that the seed time... As recorded in this parable, in beginning in verse 24 through 30, takes place over a span of almost 2,000 years, and harvest is not permitted. Harvest was refused when when uh, the servants said, um, "Wilt we'll thou then and we go and gather them up? That's harvest." And the response was, nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Which tells us there's a separation, there's a distinction in season. There is sowing of wheat and tares, and that again was happening over almost two millennium. And there is no harvest while there is seed time. While the good seed is being sown. While the enemy was sowing tares. No harvest permitted. Harvest comes only when they're grown up. Let both grow together until the harvest time. Now when we look a little further on for explanation as Jesus, not always, but often would speak a parable, and then he would explain it to the disciples, and he was teaching, really, his people, the reader of the Bible, if they had ears to hear and eyes to see, how to understand the Bible. Because the whole Bible is written just like one of Christ's parables. And and so, there is the parable and explanation of, Jesus explained the parable in order to teach us how to understand the Bible. But anyway, it says in verse 37, He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world or the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. You you see how there is a definite distinction made between a time of sowing seed and a time of harvest. And we we see it also in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 26. And he said, So is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Just as in the parable of Matthew 13, let them both grow together. And so we see the growth Being explained here in verse 28, as the earth brings forth of herself the blade, the ear, the full corn in the ear. Then it says in verse 29, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. You do not harvest the crop at the time you're sowing the seed. That's obvious. I'm no farmer. Believe me, I'm, I'm I'm a city boy, and and I don't know anything about farming. I never worked a farm, but I know that much that you do not have. Let let's say two brothers are working a farm. One brother is going down and and casting the seed, just throwing it to the left, throwing it to the right, continuing to walk along the path of, of this field and right behind him is the other brother and he's coming along harvesting this what's he harvesting well the seed was just sown there's nothing to harvest but he's he would only be ruining things the, destroying whatever crop would eventually grow you you don't harvest at the same time you're sowing the seed there's a time for everything There's a time and a season in life, in the physical world. That's the way God has made the earth. And he has also made the spiritual times and seasons. As we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, beginning in verse 1, "...to everything there is a season." And a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse two. A time to be born and a time to die. Now, it it does happen rarely where there's a baby born and, and the baby dies at the same time. But, but for the most part, people are born at one time. They live their lives however long they die at another time. There's a time for birth and a time for death. And, of course, we can see how that relates to God's salvation program because the Bible speaks of being born again. So, we can understand this spiritually. There's a time to be born again. And there's a time to die. And, and death identifies with darkness and darkness with judgment and the wrath of God. There is a time or a season of salvation does God tell us that well he refers to a day of salvation and there's a time for death a time the Bible tells us um, the sun is dark and the moon does not give its light a time in which men will seek death and not find it that is salvation death in Christ there is a, a time and a season for these things It goes on to say in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. You see, there there is the same truth that we saw in the parable of the wheat and the tares. You plant, let them grow together. Don't root them up. You don't harvest. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And, of course, the implication is, at time of harvest, you're not sowing seed then. That's a different task. It's time to reap. It's time to gather what has been sown to collect the fruit and and to bring it in. It is not simultaneous where both are occurring at the same time. There are certain times and seasons for these things. If if we go on, why don't we? Let's go on to verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. Now, what would killing identify with? A shut door of heaven. It would identify with a darkened sun, with uh, a world without a gospel. And uh, how about healing? Healing, the Lord Jesus Christ performed miracles of healing to illustrate Gospel salvation. So again, there is a time for the wrath of God, the judgment of God, and there is a time for mercy and grace and salvation. And and that's why the Bible says in Isaiah, seek Jehovah while he may be found. And the word while is a time reference. There is a an allotted period of time given to mankind in which they could have uh, rightly and properly sought God, besought Him for mercy, cried out uh, for all its worth, and never stop like blind Bartimaeus. If anyone would tell them to stop, well, you cry all the more, and and I don't know how many times that I've made reference to that verse and encouraged people along those lines in the days leading up to May 21, 2011. And back then, at that time, the same critics of e-Bible now, uh, you know, uh, of, of teaching a gospel and saying there's no salvation, some people are very critical of us for that. They don't like that, or they hate that, actually. Those that are critical of us uh, for not saying God is merciful still today insofar as extending the possibility of salvation to people are some of the exact same people who said uh, we're talking about mercy too much in the time leading up to May 21, 2011. There was this one individual, and he, he gave me a label of cry for mercy McCann because... We were emphasizing that so much, but we were emphasizing it because it was the proper time and season. It was the time that Zephaniah speaks of in Zephaniah chapter 2, in verse 2, well, begin in verse 1, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before... The decree bring forth before the day passes the chaff before the fierce anger of Jehovah come upon you before the day of Jehovah's anger come upon you. Seek ye Jehovah all ye meek of the earth which have wrought his judgment seek righteousness seek meekness it may be you shall be hid in the day of Jehovah's anger. See, the day of anger also speaks of time, doesn't it? And we've learned from many places in the Bible that there is time after the tribulation, a time of darkness, a time without salvation, which is in keeping with the season of judgment or the time of judgment. There's a time and a season. There's a time to kill, a time to heal. There's a time to seek the Lord, and during that time that the Bible called the day of salvation, well, seek ye Jehovah. While within the, the limits of, of that time, as God said to Noah, yet seven days, or seven thousand years, before the flood would come and the door would shut, within that specified period of time before May 21, 2011, men could cry and cry and cry and beseech God just uh, day after day after day after day until the time came. And then it was no longer before. Then once the door shut, the scriptures that encourage mankind, regarding a day of salvation or a time period in which God could again rightfully be sought and beseeched for his mercy, it elapsed. There was no more time. Now time expired and the season changed. The time period went from a time of sowing to a time of harvest. There was a transition made from one time to the other. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Now, that statement in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2, just consider the church age. Remember, Jesus, in using Peter, but really speaking of himself, said, upon this rock I will build my church. And we know that it pointed to the spiritual invisible church, comprised only of God's elect, but it also had an element in relationship to the corporate body, and the New Testament church was built. It expanded and went into the nations of the world and and multiplied. It was built over the course of 1955 years. It was a time of building, a, a time of growth. Yet came the end of the church age when God began judgment at the house of God and he broke it down, didn't he? Not one stone shall be left upon another. And so he built up the church, but there comes a time to break down. And and he destroyed the church. He He destroyed the corporate body and it is no more. Again, not a stone upon another. You see, there is a season. God didn't destroy the church during the time of building it up. No, it, it, there comes the set time, the change of the season. And, and so the season did change from the season and time of first fruits to the end of that season and the time of famine before beginning the next season of latter rain. Well, now how does this impact our verse and our understanding of it? If we go back to Genesis 8:22, While the earth remaineth, or while all the days of earth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. That is, let, let's say the farmers are sowing seed. It's seed time. And and the seed time ends, and then it's harvest time. And yeah, it is around this time that people are harvesting their crops. So it's harvest time. And Christ comes. The Lord comes. And it's harvest time. It's not seed time. Well, there's been a natural progression of things. There, there's been um, the ongoing cycle. And he comes and at night, it's not the day. Well yes, but day preceded the night. So there was no interruption of the cycle. There there was no interruption of the time for seed time. The harvest followed sequentially, naturally, uh it's the very next thing. So anyone trying to say well um uh, spiritually You see, it has to be seed time and harvest. No, spiritually, season follows season, just as in the natural world. And we had the season of seed time, we move to the season of harvest, the end of the world, judgment day. And there's been no interruption of the spiritual seasons, no stoppage and anything out of the ordinary. Likewise, there's been the day of salvation. We have progressed to the night in which no man can work. Again, there's no unusual thing about it. It's an orderly progression that happens um, every day, and it's an orderly progression that happens in God's program for times and seasons.